Do you need to be a student here? No, you can just... No, you... Something just stung me. Hello and welcome to The Stinger, a part of the SB Nation of podcasts and a product of AtTheHive.com. I am Zachary Brown, a writer for At The Hive, and I am joined today by the British buzz, James Plowright. Uh, James, we just watched the lottery. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened this year. I did all the lucky things that I was supposed to do. I mean, I saw Sombrero Man, like, praying to the lottery gods. I saw people speaking things into existence. I wore my Adam Morrison jersey, which worked last year. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Do you know? I, well, all right. So we need to start with the Adam Morrison jersey. The fact that you think that you have gained some luck from this jersey because we got Lamelo last year, man. I every other thing about Adam Morrison points to there's nothing lucky about this dude. But you got us Lamelo Ball last year, so maybe you're right about it. But we stuck to eleven, um, which is still pretty high for what this team accomplished the season previous. Who we will add will only add to the young depth on this team. What did you think about the lottery itself? So I watched it. This is, I don't watch the lottery as a regular tradition of my own. I watched it off my cell phone. Everybody is remote uh, coming in from different places around the country. A lot of people not reacting to the the pick at all as the uh, announcer gave the picks. But my boy, uh, Miles Bridges, just big old smile on his face. What was your experience of it? My experience was I thought Hakeem looked like he was in a hostage video when talking about the Houston Rockets' exciting young core. Like someone had a gun pointed at him, which is off the camera, and he had to pretend. He was like, I'm really excited. Um, For um, sure. So, but, I mean, he will be excited now because they moved – well, they didn't move, but they, they came home in the second pick, so that's pretty exciting for them. I thought Mobley came in a in a draft night suit. I And, like, Davian Mitchell and, like, Anthony Edwards were just, like, like polos, like, whatever. And Mobley came way overdressed just for, like, a literally 25-second interview. Um, <laughs> well, then he I was think? how I would be on TV. Evan Mobley was on TV. Um <laughs> They, they was, needed to turn uh, Richard Jefferson's microphone off because did you hear him going, why are they being so serious as they were like <laughs> announcing the first few picks? He's like, this is so over the top. And you can hear him in the background all the way through. But Detroit Pistons got the number one pick. People tell me. Detroit. I'm happy. It's It's been a pretty sad place, the Detroit Pistons, since 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 I followed the NBA. It's been, it's been a pretty sad Like I thought. <laughs> I, obviously, they had their great period, obviously, with the Detroit bad boys, but I think the best Christmas team I can remember had Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson running the show. So um, I'm, I'm happy for Detroit. Yeah, I'm not. I, I wish them the worst and wish that the Charlotte Hornets got the number one pick. I know you do, too. Look, man, you got Blake Griffin. You couldn't do anything with it. I don't know what to tell you. Apparently, he can dunk, but it's only on good teams. Cade, they talk about Cade Cunningham like he is the next superstar. Um, you dive into this stuff more than I do. Can you shed a little light on what makes him so versatile? Like, why is he the undisputed number one pick of this draft? Let's put it this way. If Lamelo Ball was in this year's draft, I would take him number one over Cade Cunningham. Now, I, I like Cade Love Cunningham, it. and he's my number one prospect, but... 
he is he's not a slam dunk by any means like he's going to be I like worst worst possible thing like Chris Middleton which is like probably like a three or four time all star like good number 2 on a contender number 3 um he's not like and Kevin Durant or a LeBron James like kind of if you win he is just automatically going to be an all star from day 1 um he's going to have to take some time to grow and that Detroit team is early in a rebuild like there are not a lot of weapons around him like Sadiq no. Bay maybe um you know you're not feeling great about that so it's it's going to be tough for Cade I think in Detroit um I don't think he's probably the favorite for rookie of the year even though he'll probably come in and start straight away um well I mean we'll have to see how things played out but it, it was interesting that before the lottery started Wadge reported that teams towards the top of the draft are looking to trade their pick to get established veteran players, um, which he reported. So, I mean, players, teams that I think that could be relevant. He can't be talking about Detroit though, right? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think he can be talking about Houston either or Cleveland. So I'm looking at the Toronto Raptors who moved up to four. You know, they're they're a team that, you know, if they trade four, they could get serious peace and they could be, back kind of in the mix in the in the Eastern Conference next year. You probably got Golden State, who's pick converted in the end. Um I think they finished seventh in the end of the lottery. So they've they've got another good piece there. The Kings maybe at nine. They might want to trade away to try and add some veteran talent. But um you've got to think those are the teams he's referring to. It's certainly not Orlando or OKC or Cleveland or Detroit. No. And shout out to the Orlando Magic, who just continue to (laughs) just be uh, just bad luck. I don't know what to tell you. They had a chance to be in the in the top five, two bites at the apple, though it converted to Chicago after four, I think. Um, Yeah. But they ended up with pick five and pick eight. And the Charlotte Hornets stayed pat at 11. I've got some people who, you know, with my uh, naivete that I want the Hornets to pick at 11. What, what, are you, what are you seeing this draft, assuming there are no trades and the teams that we have in the lottery are going to make the picks? Where, how do you see the draft kind of shaping up? Yeah, so, I mean, I've just quickly run through, literally, and we jumped on this podcast minutes While after. I was on the phone. While I was on the phone, he was... <laughs> running through really i mean and taking 30 seconds to re really analyze the team and the needs and where they would go from here it was fun to listen to james yeah so i mean the top five of the top five i think like Cade, mobley green suggs kaminga they will all be off the board you can forget about those five in, in my opinion okay i think depending how things played out that next group was going to be we're going to have a look what it looked like so Two players who I think, just looking at it now, are really unlikely to be available for Charlotte at 11 are Scotty Barnes and Franz Wagner. Just because I think Barnes especially, I just don't see like OKC or the Warriors passing on on him. Uh, if he's available for when those two teams pick, I think, and they're picking six and seven, I and he might even be in consideration maybe at five, but I think he's got too much of an overlap with Jonathan Isaac with the Magic. Maybe with the Raptors at four, there's some reports from John Hollinger that he's being considered as highly as four. If so, that would be interesting and mix things up. And then Wagner, again, I don't see him getting past like the Warriors, especially if Barnes is gone. Like They need someone who can come in and contribute now. He fills a need on the wing for them. 
good defender, ball mover, shooter, would like fit really nicely in that Golden State system. Um, and then Orlando as well. Like, if he's still there, I think Orlando really needs some shooting on that team. They got a lot of athletes. They got a lot of you know a couple of point guard options and Fultz and Cole Anthony, a couple of center options in Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. They've got Isaac coming back, but they haven't really got any like kind of skilled ball mover, spread the floor guy with kind of like size and length apart from Isaac on the perimeter. So that's someone who I think would make a lot of sense there. Looking at that list, I think everyone else, I could see there being a path to them being available at Charlotte at 11. So the likes of Moses Moody, Corey Kispert, Jalen Johnson. I think they, they have a path to be there at 11. A couple of guys who I think maybe slipped in this exercise, just looking at the teams, Keon sure. Johnson and, and uh, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. I just don't see a place for Davion Mitchell to land. Like, I don't think the Thunder take him at six because they're going to go up for upswing talent guys. The Warriors, maybe, but he plays the same position as Steph. And you think they've got other big needs on that team. And you, Steph's going to be playing, what, 34 minutes a night? So is Mitchell really going to get to play that much? And you've got Clay coming back. The Magic just drafted Cole Anthony and re-signed Fultz to an extension last year. The Kings have got Halliburton and Fox. The Pelicans drafted Kira Lewis Jr. last year. So then you're at the Hornets. So Davion Mitchell, I don't really see where he can land. I wouldn't be surprised if he was there at 11, which going into tonight, he was probably considered a, a top nine, top eight pick, something like that. Sure. Um, he's one guy. Just so the listeners know, he was 44.7% from the three-point line. It would be awesome to pair him with a Lamella ball who could get him the ball in the corner. He he could spread the court the way that we would need a player to spread the court. He obviously doesn't answer the center position, but I don't know how you go into drafts like this, but I want the player who's going to be able to contribute the most no matter what position it is, which is why I would really unless the Warriors trade the pick, it would it would be interesting to see what they would do if Mitchell was on the board. If they did yeah. select Mitchell and he was there at 11 and they took him, that might affect the Devontae Graham free agency because you don't really want to be re-signing your backup point guard in the summer at the same time that you draft a guy like Hiley at 11 who is, really is a primary point guard. Like he's, he's only... 6-1, like he's not going to be able to... I mean, he's so strong and he's such so good in defense, he probably can play some too, but you're mitigating some of his ball handling and speed. Like if, if you play him at the two, where I just don't think you get the full Devian Mitchell experience. So if that was the case, I think that'd be tough. I mean, me and Chase recorded in the pod the other day, like the Hornets haven't uh, selected a anyone older, who's anyone who wasn't in their freshman or sophomore year in the first round of the last three years. So yeah, Mitchell since, being... Since like Frank Kaminsky, right? Yeah. Frank so Mitchell Kaminsky being a junior, he, he would be quite, you know, quite quite on the older end of the spectrum. Um, now they have like the older guys in the second round and that's not to say they wouldn't in, in the first round this year. But I think that would be a, a real tough decision, a real tough decision for Charlotte, because there's no doubt he is one of the best players and had one of the most productive seasons last year. Unlike Detroit, the Hornets are certainly building, but they're not in the like first phase of rebuilding. On the cusp of the playoffs, I mean, they were certainly in the play-in game. You don't have to select an older player, but selecting somebody who has more uh, playing experience, maybe a little bit more maturity that could fit in right away. 
Jalen Johnson, just because I know MJ, he loves to pick these North Carolina dudes. Do not discount Michael Jordan's propensity to draft North Carolina dudes. So I'm just I'm just saying that now. Uh, absolutely not. I'm, I mean, Jalen Johnson's like his per 36 numbers this year are just silly. Like two blocks a game, two steals per game, four assists, 10 rebounds, 19 points, like video game stats, Jalen Johnson. Um, now he didn't play the whole year. He had a troublesome ankle injury. Um, there's been some haziness about him falling out of the IMG Academy in high school and then falling out of Duke and kind of withdrawing from the program. Um, I mean, if all the background stuff checks out, Jalen Johnson, serious talent, and I'd be happy for him to be on this Hornets team. Um, another guy I saw kind of slip maybe from where some of the mocks have him, Keon Johnson. He was just today at the Combine, measured only 6'3", without shoes, and people were saying he was like 6'5", 6'6", and for a guy who's, like, his strength is his, like, athletic frame and his bounce. So when that's one of your strengths and you undermeasure uh, that's not a great. That's not a great look for Keon. And again, looking through these teams, I, I think the, the he's pretty raw. I don't see him going to the Warriors. I think six for the Thunder would be too high. The Magic could take him, but again, like I think you just the Magic need to put some shooting around some of the players. And Keon Johnson is not going to stretch the floor for you. The Kings, it's possible, but again, you got like Heald and Halliburton at the two at the moment. Um, that's maybe a fit for him. The Pelicans, I just don't see it. They want to surround Zion with, with shooters and, and high OQ players, and I just don't see it there. And then, then you're back to Charlotte, you know, and he is a defensive first player. He gets out in transition really well. Him running with a mellow ball would be very fun. Um, if Malik Monk were to leave in this free agency, he would do a great job at backup shooting guard and would have some long-term potential and has got some a nice kind of like mid-range game and can rise up and shoot over anyone. So he's another guy who now mm. after how, see how the lottery played out, I'd say Mitchell and Keon Johnson are two guys now who I think it's probably more likely than before are going to be available for Charlotte at 11. Um, not to say that they should take one of those guys. There's still other guys who've always been there. Alperin Shangoon, Kai Jones, uh, your Garubas, your Buck Knights. Like those guys should still be in the mix. Um, but looking at how it's played out, those are my two, which I think now there's a higher chance than being there at 11. I can already hear the, the comments on at the hive because we talked about Singoon for a second and then we talked about Kai Jones. We're not filling the center position, James. What are we going to do at center if we don't draft a center? Do you have a take on Singoon? Do you have a take on Kai Jones? What, what do you think about those players? I mean, I have a take on don't draft for need, right? Which yeah. is my which Precisely. is my, my primary take. Um this like unless you are a team like the LA Lakers where you are like capped out, you are trying to win a championship now before your window closes. Like if you're them, I get drafting for need. Being in a shot position, you just cannot do that. Like absolutely. Not. So I am I am taking as many swings at the bat for high upside guys. Um the, both you guys mentioned like Shingun is number six on my board, right? I, okay. I don't want to talk about him too much because I've touched him on many pods and I'm going to have an article coming out. Now the lottery's confirmed, looking at center options in the draft. It'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks at the Hive. Um, look, if the Hornets ended up with Shangun, I think he could contribute right away. I think he's high upside. Um, my favorite number one option for the Charlotte Hornets. Like you hear people talk about Shangun, you hear the words old school and back to the basket 
um, and small, right? Those and like, if you hear those three words about center prospects in the top, like top twelve, like you're thinking, what? He is right. not old school. I, I don't know where this notion's come from. I feel like Chad Ford used it one day, and then all of a sudden, like everyone's just copied him. Um, he can pass out the post. He can score in the post. He's super strong down low, uh, but he can step out. Uh, shown glimpses of stretching the floor. He's a really good roll man, so he has like good roll rim gravity. Um, he can post up, sure. That's one of the things he's good at. But he is not just a Jaleel Okafor, where like if he's not doing that, he does nothing else. And he's also great protecting the rim in the Turkish league, like led the league in blocks this year when MVP is an 18-year-old. So Shengun, absolutely, I'm all on board. Kai Jones, for me, with Kai, the... He's like the opposite of Shengun, where he's got all the athletic gifts in the world. He measures great. He can run like a gazelle. He can jump. The problem is the productivity just hasn't ever really been there. Like he literally halves all of Shengun's numbers per 36. And he came late to the game. He was like a, I want to say he was a long jumper or a triple jumper. Um, and he came late to the game. So that, you know, his field never hasn't been there, but he's shown some real flashes which for someone at his size who can move like he can, like step back jump shots, drive into the rim, dump off passes. He's got a really high ceiling. At the same time, is he ever going to be able to get up to the speed of the game where he can leverage his physical gifts and his skills to help contribute to, to winning basketball? And those questions are just going to be there. I would not be frustrated with a Kai Jones pick. I like Kai Jones. Um, my feel is that the floor on some of the other guys who we mentioned is a, is a little bit higher. And Kai Jones is probably a year or two away. For, he's more of a Greensboro kind of player, I'd imagine. Um, sure. so, but if they wanted to go for upside swing, I would have no problem with Kai Jones. I just don't think it's something that this team will do um, in, in this current stage of the development. Because like you said, they're not a Detroit Pistons who are, you know, years away, they are probably looking at getting back in the playoffs next year. And there's a bunch of guys here who I can see being in that rotation and in some situations starting. Charlotte Hornets stay pat at pick 11. Didn't go up into the top four. Still a lot of good players in this draft that, you know, I think if you watch ESPN or you listen or you read the blogs, this is the deepest draft in years. There's a lot of great players in here for history. James Plowright, right now with the teams that you have, who's your pick at number 11 if you had to plant your flag on anybody? It's been this way for a long time. Listeners will know it is Alperin Shangun. I, I will give a kind of a number two and three just so that like people don't get bored of me talking about Alperin Shangun the whole freaking time. Um, I, re- I really hope you're right. The When did he start his career, James? Is it, this a player that started at like 16 or 17 professional? No, basketball? he's been around for a few years. I think the big thing okay. is that he, he became, he was always like a fat, tall kid, basically. Sure. You know, super heavy. And he shredded all the weight. So all of a sudden he can, you know, he's just much better conditioned. He can play for the full game. Um, he's bouncier. He's lighter on his feet. So he's gone from being like a big plodding guy and, and he's also shown some range on the jump shot as well. So he's not come to the game late, but you've seen the sudden increase in production, partly because he's just gotten, he's just become a professional. Like he's treating it like a, like a professional does and getting in the shape that he needs to be to succeed. So, so I would have Shingun one. Um, look, if Scotty Barnes was there, I'd, I'd absolutely love him as Charlotte. And I do think like, 
I wouldn't rule out Charlotte trading up in this draft. Um, they've got pieces which other teams will find interesting. Um, there's a lot of players on there that fit a lot of the needs that Charlotte have. So it, it just wouldn't shock me. I just want to throw it out there. Okay. Um, I, so I'd probably have, I mean, if we're saying Scotty Barnes is off the board, I'd probably have like Jalen Johnson two and Davion Mitchell three. Um, and then after that, you know, you got your, your Kai Jones, Isaiah Jackson group. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I'm assuming here that Wagner and Barnes are off the board because I think for the Hornets specifically, those two guys make a, a ton of sense what we need. When's draft night? It's August, it's Thursday, 29th of July. So we're just over a month away. Chicago Combine this week. That news feed that you normally get kind of dripping out over like two weeks after the Combine, that's mm. all going to come straight out after Chicago itself. So I think in about 10 days, 10 to 14 days, we're going to be in a position where we've probably got a lot of the information. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that this year, because of COVID, I think prospects can only work out for five teams, maybe. There's like a limit, a cap on how many teams it can work out for. Whereas huh. normally, like you can work out for half the freaking NBA. You're flying around the country. Sure. So I think it's worth keeping a closer look on who the team works out this year because that's probably going to give them a, you know, normally you just used to be like, well, we'll get in whoever we can. Like anyone who wants to come to Charlotte, great. This year, they're really going to be prioritizing. So keep an eye on the Hornets website, who comes in for workouts, um, those kind of things I think are going to be really important this year, especially for those second round picks, which I think land at like 56 and 58, something like that. Keep an eye on at thehive.com. It's going to be a lot of draft content out there for you draft heads. Keep an eye on at the hive live, which is a podcast on our feed as well. My favorite Hornets podcast. Uh, James, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, British underscore buzz on Twitter. Please give me a follow and also follow at the hive if you, if you aren't already. So uh, yeah, had a bunch of fun jumping, jumping on and, and talking some, some draft lottery actions. I'm, I'm sorry. It couldn't be the jubilation and euphoria of last year, but I can't understand why the Adam Morrison Jersey didn't work this year. Can't understand. <laughs> Thank you so much, James. He is James Plowright. I am Zachary Brown. And this has been. The Stinger. Peace out.